Hey, this is Steve Dirk. Today we're going to read from Exodus chapter 23, starting in verse 20 and going to verse 33. Uh, in this portion, you know, God has already now entrusted uh, a number of his instructions with Moses to tell the people of Israel. And now God is going to share some guidance on their journey and entry into the land he promised. So let's read Exodus chapter 23, starting in verse 20. God says this, See, I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. Pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative, and he will not forgive your rebellion. But if you are careful to obey him, following all my instructions, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, and I will oppose those who oppose you. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites. So you may live there, and I will destroy them completely. You must not worship the gods of these nations or serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash their sacred pillars. You must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless you with food and water, and I will protect you from illness. There will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land, and I will give you long, full lives. I will send my terror ahead of you and create panic among all the people whose lands you invade. I will make all your enemies turn and run. I will send terror ahead of you to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, and Hittites. But I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals would multiply and threaten you. I will drive them out a little at a time until your population has increased enough to take possession of the land. And I will fix your boundaries from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea and from the eastern wilderness to the Euphrates River. And I will hand over to you the people now living in the land and you will drive them out ahead of you. Make no treaties with them or their gods. They must not live in your land or they will cause you to sin against me. And if you serve their gods, you will be caught in the trap of idolatry. There's some interesting things in this passage and there's some really difficult things in this passage of Exodus. First of all, though, uh, we recognize that God is concerned that his people will follow after other gods and be negatively influenced by the people groups in the land they will enter. But there's also a fascinating character in the midst of this whole story. I don't know if you, maybe you caught it. God declares that he's sending an angel, an angel out in front of the people to protect and lead them. Now, this isn't the first time we've seen an important angel mentioned in Exodus or even the same angel. Uh, when you think back to when Moses met with God, it says that the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Then later, when Israel was being chased by Egypt and uh, Egypt was on one side and the sea was on the other before they walked through the sea to freedom, it tells us that the angel of God who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp, and the pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. So now in this story, what we've read, this section we've read, the angel is going to continue clearing the way and being a part of the story of Israel's rescue. There appears to be a connection between the angel and God's presence and work. When the angel moves, we also often see the cloud of God's glory and presence seem to move. So the angel's appearance in the cloud's presence reminds Israel that God is with them, that he is for them, and he will faithfully lead them. 
This angel, or as we think about this, the presence of God is going ahead of the people. The angel and God himself will battle for them, protect them, guide them. He is their shield out in front of them. Therefore, the first thing the nations surrounding Israel will encounter is God's presence and power. Here's the cool thing about this image of the angel, the cloud, and recognizing that God's presence is with his people. God goes before his people. He isn't tagging along with them and blessing their plans. God doesn't follow. God leads. He goes before. Israel moves when God moves. God doesn't move when Israel moves. I tend to like to call the shots of my life, and when things don't go the way I want them to go, I invite God to help me get what I want. But in this game of follow the leader in life, we mimic and follow God's lead and not the other way around. I sometimes think, though, if I had a visible pillar of cloud out in front of me or an angel that I could see, you know, or the manifestation of somehow God's presence so I could tangibly see it, that I'd find it easier to follow after God. But the reality is, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have something even greater than this. In Jesus, God has come near. He's come down to us. He's become one of us. He's moved into our neighborhood. Yet even more, Jesus promised that the Spirit of God lives in us. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit, the presence and power of God, would live in his followers and guide his followers. And then scripture announces that for followers of Jesus, our, our bodies are, uh, are, are basically walking, living, breathing temples of God. So God resides in us through his spirit. The same presence of God that led the people of Israel, you know, through the Red Sea, through, uh, out of Egypt, into the promised land, this same presence and power of God resides in us. So we may not have a cloud or an angel out in front of us that we can see, but we have something better, the very presence of God living in us. Therefore, the question is, who is leading whom? You know, I want to follow God and not try to get him to follow me. I mean, that's my desire. I want to follow him and not try to get him to follow me. Because the reality is that that doesn't work anyways. Often that's just me dressing up my own plans with spiritual language to make it okay. But the question is, how can we start leaning into following the Spirit leading us? I found this little prayer helpful each day, and maybe it will be helpful to you as well, just to put us in the right frame of mind to see where God's at work. And here it is. God, how can I join you in what you are doing today? And before you answer, the answer is yes. God, how can I join you in what you're doing today? And before you answer, I want you to know the answer is yes. My posture, my attitude, my my submissive spirit is saying, God, whatever you're calling me to do, I'm on board. No ifs, ands, or buts. I'm on board. How can I join you in what you're doing today? Before you answer me, the answer is yes. So where is God then leading you today? It may be to forgive someone or be generous or help a coworker. But what is that spirit of God, the spirit of God living in you, leading you to do? 
and what will be your response? Let's pray together. God, would you show us today how we can join you in what you are doing? And before you answer, we want you to know the answer is yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.